Welcome back to the table, you animals. Today's date is October 16th, 2018. I am your host, Joe Newbauer at Joe Knows MMA. This is my co-host, Sean Newbauer at MMA underscore Insomniac. And this is Better Fight Cast. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry we missed you last week. Due to technical difficulties, we were not able to post a podcast. We did do one, but it got lost, and it is forever lost in cyberspace for eternity. But this week, we're going to sit down at the table and hopefully get this thing uploaded. And I gotta say, Sean, I'm really bummed out last week's didn't go through because I don't think there's ever been a bigger week in mixed martial arts history. There's been some pretty substantial things happening. Um, of course, 229 happened, the fight after the fight happened, but I just want to ask you as we sit here today, what is the number one thing you want to talk about in the world of mixed martial arts? Well, we had two Bellator cards over the weekend, but man, everybody's still talking about the fight, Connor and Khabib, overshadowing everything in this game right now, from, we have from what looks to be real, so just the, the downright crazy. We have, looks like Khabib wants to quit UFC, leave UFC. We have rappers involved, boxers involved, promoters involved. I mean, you name it. I'm just waiting, you know, for, for Donald Trump to get involved in this somehow. It's just, it's all over the place. But that's how you know you made it. That's how you know you a fight went over. You created a monster. I'll tell you what, 229 created a monster. Yep. Not only that, first of all, I want to congratulate the UFC. I want to congratulate myself, who predicted right. UFC 229 was the biggest pay-per-view event held by the UFC in its 25 years of existence, as it is estimated doing 2.4 million buys on pay-per-view. Sean, that's Oscar De La Hoya Mayweather numbers. Okay, that's how big this thing was. And I must say, it was that big going into it, but I feel like it was much bigger leaving it. That's the craziness of this sport right now and where we're at. Khabib Nurmagomedov submitting Conor McGregor in the fourth round. Then going crazy and jumping after Dylan Dennis. The fights, ensued, the fights ensued. Everything happened after it. This thing is trending bigger now than ever. After the event. Khabib Nurmagomedov is a megastar. Do you agree or disagree? He is. Everybody knows who he is now. It's not often that you have a fight and, you know, even though Eddie Alvarez lost, he didn't become a bigger name after he fought Connor. It's not often that, well, I guess you could say about Nate Diaz, but I guess McGregor Diaz is the got exception. bigger, but he didn't get Khabib bigger. Yeah. Well, I don't Look know. Look at the social media. That, that's all yeah. I'm going to point out. He already had a country behind him in Russia. Yeah, but Nate got a lot bigger. A lot more people knew who Nate was after that. And... You know, it's not often. It does. It it seems like in in combat sports, it doesn't work that way. GSP defended his title so many times. If he would have lost to say Jake Shields, Jake Shields wouldn't have been the star GSP was. Like it doesn't happen very often where a guy gets the rub from the star. And it seems like this time, from what all indicators are pointing at, it seems like Khabib did get some rub, just as big as Connor, which is crazy because Connor's still the bigger star. He's still the bigger star today. Technically, right now, yes. So, you don't see this very often. But I think Khabib's got just an, in, as interesting and crazy of a story. And he's using some of the things that he did, like semi-location and all that kind of stuff, to his advantage. But I won't really know until he has a standalone pay-per-view again. And he fights somebody other than Connor. He's surpassing Ronda Rousey as the most social media followers after UFC 229. I mean, it's it's... How many social yeah. media followers he got was astronomical. Nate Diaz's social media followers was more like the Derek Lewis situation, where Derek Lewis benefited tremendously from UFC 229 just by being on that card. Uh, with everything he did, he, he became an overnight sensation, but not on the magnitude of Khabib Nurmagomedov. And it's, it's, it's justified because it's real. Khabib is now 27-0. and 0. He's undefeated, hasn't lost a round yet. The man is has he's he's perfect. He's flawless. Well, he, he did is, lose a round against Connor. He is the supposedly. I mean, that's arguable and up for date, and it doesn't matter because the round after he submitted him. 
Okay, so um, he is literally the Floyd Mayweather of MMA now. He really is. And I hate to say this, but his post-fight antics, jumping out of the cage like an eagle on top of Dylan Danis, it's a big reason why he got so much more popular. People love that stuff. Yeah. Do I agree with it? No. So but, as much people that are blaming... So let me ask you this. I keep hearing a lot of backlash. People are blaming the UFC, Dana White, for the promotion of this fight because they used the dolly in it. But looking at the pay-per-view record being broken, should the UFC regret using it? No. Did they not use the John Jones and DC brawl at a press conference? Did they not use any any other type of... You find any type of little bad blood, you use it. Period. I mean, you see how it just you worked for... Use it. Uh, it worked for Dillashaw and Garbrandt. Yes. Yes. I mean, when Dillashaw... And I thought that thing was played out. When Cody Garbrandt grabbed Dillashaw by the throat and started strangling him on live TV, not live TV, you know what I mean, on The Ultimate Fighter, no, yes, they, they used it. It's, the story was real, and the story is still real. This wasn't made up fake bad blood between two fighters. The Dolly incident happened. You have to use it. It was marketing 101. Was it right that it happened? No. This whole thing is a mess. But it generated into 2.4 million pay-per-view buys. So do you blame the UFC? No. No, because as much people that want to clap back and say, oh, you know, the martial arts is about respect. Even, even Khabib said that it's about respect and honor and this and that. Well, unfortunately... Nobody's buying when people are going in there for a martial art and doing this. When people talk a little Some trash. Some people do. Some people do. That. It, it depends on Not the very often, but let's face it. But I do agree with you. The pay-per-views of all time yeah, I agree. have been off of bad blood. Biggest rivalries are off of bad blood. John Jones versus DC. Misha Tate versus Ronda Rousey. You can go I back mean, to Rampage versus um, Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans, yes. Him and Silva never headlined. But Rampage Pride. versus Rashad Evans. Uh, but yeah, that wasn't um, that wasn't the pay per view. You can go off of twenty five thousand seats side time a super arena. Yeah, but we're talking. Dark. I'm talking like recent I know memory what you mean. of big I know UFC what you mean. pay per views. John what Jones, Frank Mir. I mean, not John Jones, Frank Mir. Brock Lesnar, Frank Mir. You can go to Russia with you know, what was that last main event in Russia? It was uh, Oilenik versus Hunt and sell out an arena like that. That's that's a different story. But I'm talking recent UFC pay per views. What breaks that million dollar? Even GSP, he breaks a million with Nick Diaz with Trash Talk. It's just the state of the culture, man. Oh, I agree. People like the bad guys. Yeah. People like real. People like drama. I Doesn't mean I agree with it, but it is what it is. You have to embrace it. it it's a little bit of the sport. Now, you know my insinuation on why I think Khabib is the second biggest draw in the UFC right now. And, and just hear me out for a second on why I think this way. I think since UFC 229, not only because of his social media has went up astronomically, but also everybody is calling out Khabib to fight. Look at the names. Seriously, look at who's called out Khabib since 229. Connor immediately wants to rematch. Number one fight in his book. Nate Diaz. Can't get him to fight anybody. But we'll get to the Nate Diaz-Dustin Poirier situation a little later. But who was the first name Nate Diaz brought up when he pulled out of the fight and said he's not fighting anybody? Floyd Mayweather is calling out Khabib. Oh, what about that Canadian? The French-Canadian that's a two-division champion. One of the greatest of all time. The only fight he's interested in or he's going to retire is George St. Pierre is calling out Khabib. Everybody is calling out Khabib. That's why right now, I believe Khabib is the second biggest draw behind Connor, And I don't think he's far behind him. I think you're right. We do have to wait for a pay-per-view to come out to really tell where he's at. But that man's stock has rose. And as long as he has that undefeated streak, I mean, he's fought in his last fights. Killers. You know what I mean? Like, his his record is legit. It's It's... I mean, it's hard to argue who else would be above him. Let me play a little devil's advocate here for you. I'm ready. So, Connor, that's a no-brainer. Connor, he always wants to rematch mm -hmm. if he loses. He did this before with Nate. Mm -hmm. Nate, I don't even know what that's about. He, it's, it, but it, 
Part of this has to, to do with he is the champion. Yeah. He is the champion. Nate gets paid probably more fighting Connor. Let's get real here. And then Floyd Mayweather, uh, Khabib called Floyd out. It wasn't the other way around. And then Floyd reciprocate. Yeah, because Does Floyd, Floyd reciprocate to everybody. For the mo- well, right now. And by the way, when Khabib called him out, who was that with his arm around Khabib telling yeah, him to do it? Who was for that? Right now. No, no, no. But, wait, 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 wait. You at least tell me who was that with his arm yeah, around it was Khabib? Ellerby. Thank but you. But that could have also been a shot at, at, at Connor. Let, well, let's face it here. Floyd's going to do whatever it is to keep his name in the headlines. I mean, just a year ago, he was talking, oh, I'm going to fight UFC. Kept his name in the headlines. Mm-hmm. He calls out Khabib right now because Khabib's in the headlines. That's all that is. And GSP wanted the winner. We knew that going into it. He wanted the winner of Khabib and Connor. We knew that. He just knows the UFC ain't going to do it because as much as the big of a fight, I can't I'm, – I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think Khabib's a new star. But to say – because – UFC has GSP, who just sold 850,000 buys on that pay-per-view in New mm-hmm. York last year. I don't know if Khabib does that with any opponent. I don't know. Well, you also told me that UFC 229 was going to do what? What was the number again? 1.4 to 1.6. Okay. I thought it was going to okay. do the same as DX. No, I remember that. I said 2 to 2.5, but I, okay. I, I remember that. But anyway, I also remember Tony Ferguson versus Khabib in the beginning of the year. Remember before Tony pulled out? Yeah. The numbers were trending really high for that, and this is before the Connor fight. The numbers, I remember Dana White, you can look back on it. He said it was trending really high. Still no proof. I still believe. Look, there's not going to be proof until he does it. But what's high All I'm nowadays. saying is, he I've seen say it was when Nate million. Diaz beat Connor, not everybody was calling him out. Nate Diaz has always been called out, but not in the way Khabib has. Khabib right now is on the tip of everybody's tongues. I just think also, well, I mean, I'm looking at stuff on YouTube. MMA on point. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I looked at their numbers lately. Like, I look at viewers on YouTube. You know what their number one video is now? 10 facts you don't know about Khabib. It's just into Khabib's history. After that event, Khabib got such a huge interest. It's it's more than I've ever seen from any star in the UFC before, ever. Ever. I've never seen it like this. I, I just believe that he is going to be a top draw. I think he is easy his next fight. It doesn't matter who he fights. He's a million pay-per-view buys. Easy. Easy. And that's against Tony. If it's Connor, it might do about three. Floyd, let's get real here. Now, I see them calling each other out. They're doing all this back and forth. I think that's just to stay relevant. I think that's just I, keep their I, names I out there. We went on there. I think it's Khabib kind of trolling the UFC a little bit. He's pretty much saying, I want to do everything Connor did. Mm-hmm. I think it's him playing with them a little bit. Him like saying, "Oh, you treated this guy like that. Now you treat. Now you need to treat me like that." Yeah. I think that's what what that more is. See, Connor and Floyd happened, and that became a reality. But nobody actually wants to see Khabib versus in a boxing ring. Well, that's weather. the thing. First even of all, people that even this new star, everybody knows Khabib is a wrestler. They yes. know he's not a boxer, and, and that's where I was alluding to. See, with Khabib, it's different. I think people did have a little bit of interest seeing Connor actually lace up. The six, well, they ended up with eight ounce gloves, but getting in the boxing rings, yeah. they really believed in his hands that much. But I don't think one person has interest in seeing Khabib get trading the octagon for the for the ring. No. I don't see that at all. Now there is interest in Floyd Mayweather coming to MMA, but let's be real here. He's not going to do Floyd that. Mayweather is not. I, I will. Let me just say this: Floyd Mayweather is not ever going to fight mixed martial arts. He's not. He's not ever going to use those rules. So everybody needs to get that out of their mind. But while we're while we're kind of alluding to this topic, let's get into Khabib's threats. Since UFC 229 has happened, since the melee that happened afterwards, the big brawl, Nevada's holding his his uh, purse still. Um, he's waiting to be sanctioned. He's going to get you know smacked. He's he's going to get punished for what he did. Him and Connor both. From what I gather, they're right now currently on a 10-day suspension. They're waiting until the 24th. We're going to find out exactly what happens. Now, what they're going to do and what's going to happen, we won't know until it comes to fruition. Because I remember Nick Diaz got suspended for four Was this Nevada? Was it four years for pot? Yeah. That was Nevada, right? Was that Nevada or California? I can't remember. Anyways, we never know this what is, they're going to do. But this is totally different. This isn't a drug suspension. This is a... But in the meantime... Khabib has made his demands. And his demands to the UFC are if any of his fighters get cut 
from the promotion for the antics in that brawl after the UFC 229 main event. He is not going to fight for the UFC ever again. It's going to be a breach of contract, and he's going to breach his own contract and go elsewhere. Or just retire. What do you make of that whole situation? Well, the guy was pulled from the fight for UFC Moncton against Artem Lobov. Do you know how to correctly say his name? Because I feel like I'm going to butcher it. No, Rus, Rusa, Rusa, I don't know. Tiger Grab. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not even going to say it. Anyway, his main training partner got pulled from that fight. You know, they have really close ties in Russia. They're all like brothers. I mean, I feel Khabib's pretty genuine in these threats, and I kind of believe him. Now, what do you think the UFC should do? And do you think Khabib's going to win this war? Or do you think this thing's just going to drag out and get uglier? I think the UFC's in a tough position. And this is a position where they're going to have to take a tough stance. Khabib's not going nowhere. He's under contract. He The, the worst case scenario, he retires. They, I'm sorry, but that guy jumped in the octagon and hit him from behind. No, he didn't hit him from behind. That was the other guy. The guy who was supposed to fight Artem, yeah, he didn't hit him from behind. Connor actually kind of swung at him first. If you, if you rewatch thought, it, oh, well, either way, they both need to be punished. They both fight for the UFC, right? Only the one does. Uh, well, they have to do something because you can't. This this can't keep going on. It's okay. I know it's bigger now than ever, and the the but but you can't keep letting things like this happen. You can't, and I know. I'm big on the athletic commissions are the ones that govern this sport. So the athletic commission is going to take care of Khabib and Connor, right? Mm-hmm. That in that instance, I don't I don't know if he was an actual cornerman, and cornerman and the commission can get a hold of him somehow. But like, how's he get licensed again? How's this going to end? UFC's got to also take some action as well because this can't happen. You can this one time they might be able to get a get a buy a mulligan. A gimme. What are you going to do like two weeks from What if Anthony Smith decides he wants to jump the octagon two weeks from now after his fight, you know, in Moncton? Like, what, how's that going to look? You can't keep letting this happen. Mm-hmm. Because it was the biggest event in MMA history, and I know the chaos is making it bigger, but it can't always end this way. The, I mean, I agree with some people. Like, the, I do believe the dolly was worse when Connor threw the dolly through the bus. Unfortunately, that that was not on athletic commission's time. That's where this sport becomes where UFC would have had to do something to him. Instead, they let the law, the New York State law, handle it. Mm-hmm. This, the commission's going to come down on him. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying six months, a year, 18 months. I personally think Khabib's going to get a year. But the other guy that threw the punch, the other two guys that jumped the fence, started fighting Connor. I well, think, you also got to remember, Connor was fighting his brother on top of the cage. Yeah. And they were fighting, too. Yeah. It was just madness. And but, but at the same time, like, that guy was trying to jump over the cage. Connor was trying... But it would never happen if Khabib didn't jump the fence. Yes, yes. So, it was just all chaos at that point. Con- and then Connor, like, he was ready. Attacked that guy. But then he's starting to get attacked from behind. From Like, he was getting from jumped. From three different angles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a black eye for the sport. Remember years ago when it happened? And that athletic commission, or wherever they fought, they did nothing to the Diaz's or anybody that jumped Mayhem Miller in the cage mm-hmm. on live TV. Yeah, they got to get better too. They got to they got to do something. My take on this situation on what needs to happen. Um, unfortunately, this is where we're at. There's only been 25 years of this sport. Okay, still a fairly new sport. As far as I look at this, this whole thing has been chaos since UFC 223. The bus incident, Artem Lobov was a participant outside that bus with Connor and everybody else trying to attack the bus and go after Khabib. Now, remember, this is the gangster Khabib is. Khabib was trying to get off the bus. If it wasn't for the UFC personnel and everybody that was on the bus that literally had to keep him from going outside, you know how ugly that would have been? It would have been terrible. But Artem Lobov was part of that, that melee. You know what happened to him? He got pulled from his fight, and he's booked again now at UFC Moncton. Okay? Now, as far as to Kagarov, this might be the one instance where I totally disagree with this move, but with all the chaos going on, 
I feel like they already pulled him from his fight with Artem Lobov, right? Mm-hmm. I think he needs to get a suspension, a fine, whatever. But I kind of agree. It's like you're letting Artem stay and Connor stay and even Khabib stay, but he's going to be the casualty. I think everybody is guilty here. And if you're going to make a casualty out of anybody, you got to make it out of all of them. I think this is in a sport that's still new and sometimes still figuring its way out. We're still going through new rules. We're still going through new regulations. We're still 25 years into this sport, right? I mean, this is still fairly new. This is time to set these sanctions, give them suspensions, fines, whatever you got to hand out. And then the UFC has got to come out with something afterwards to say, hey, I don't care who you are. Anything like this ever happens again, you're cut. I mean, I don't think you can punish it's not everybody. A precedent. I think you got to punish somebody for this. I just, I mean, you can't punish one person when everybody's wrong. What, what message? First of all, Khabib started it by jumping out of the cage. Connor threw the dolly through the window. So we're going to blame the one coach, the one fighter that jumped inside the cage when there's so many guilty parties here. That doesn't seem right. It doesn't, and I, I feel like he shouldn't be cut. Should he be fine, suspended? Yes, but that one guy get cut. But yet everybody else gets to keep their job. That wouldn't sit right with me. And that, that shouldn't sit right with anybody else. And I'm kind of glad for Khabib sticking up for his boy. It's wrong across the board. Either everybody goes. You can't just make an example out of one person. It's not right. It's not. Mm, I don't know. Then then it'll just then chaos will just keep ensuing. No, you just if have to. If you're not going to do nothing... It's just gonna. But you're, you're saying to punish him know. and nobody else. Let me just get, let me just get this straight. What you're trying to say here, because the only person that looked like they're losing their job, and I still is this think. one man. That's it. Yeah. Everybody else, the, the I don't even know how to say his name. His his cousin Nurmagomedov, the guy that was fighting with Connor on top of the cage, he's fighting next week at PFL. He just got to take a last minute replacement. Like everybody's, only one person's going to get punished for this. Really. I mean that just doesn't seem fair to me. Gotta that do doesn't something. that does not seem fair. So you, <laughs> to me it's like it doesn't matter which way you go but it, what are they going to say? Oh, we're not going to do nothing to you. It's just going to continue to happen. I said fine and, and it suspension. doesn't have to be UFC. The athletic commission can get involved here too. Whoever that guy was didn't belong in that cage in the first place. Didn't belong in it. Well, they can take with belong outside too. of it. I know. That's he's already going to get punished. So but what's going to happen is, this is my to this thing, guy? Though. I'm talking about the UFC. And this is could be he's not talking about the Nevada State Athletic Commission. He's putting the UFC on blast like, "Hey, you cut my brother. You cut him, then I'm gone too." And he's right though. Khabib is right in my opinion. Everybody's wrong. But you're going to punish the one guy? Why? Cuz he's the bottom of the totem pole. He's the least popular. Well, that, it doesn't help that he made it seem like it was a premeditated attack. Did you see the video afterwards? I saw the video afterwards, but it doesn't matter. You know what was a premeditated attack? Going after the bus. You know what was a premeditated Him jumping outside the cage after Dylan. You can't just punish one person for a bunch of wrongs. All I'm saying is if no action gets taken, it's just going to continue. That's all I'm saying. It will. Because nobody will learn a lesson. There was but, no. But you're harsh saying, but lessons. what's what's the okay? Let me rephrase this then. What's the action that needs to be taken towards all parties involved then? Because there's a lot of wrong parties, and you're saying the dolly through the bus window is the worst. Yeah, but he has a job. But to, but this was under they were performing for under the rules and regulations of the athletic commission. Okay, if it was me, this four to six month suspension stuff for Khabib, no, that's not long enough. It needs to be 12 to 18 months. He needs a heavy fine. He needs to, to realize what he did was very, very wrong. The guys in the, the that definitely jumped over the cage, even harsher. They weren't even licensed to be there. They should l lose their work, their, their regulation to compete. They weren't even licensed to be there. But Khabib did the same wrong by jumping out of the cage I and know. going after a guy that wasn't licensed to be there. I know. Then do the same for him. But okay, if, okay, if so, there okay so I get it. That, that's where I was trying to get with you. Is like it was almost as if you were saying only the one guy should be no, cut, but no other party. There needs get, to. I'm, okay. I'm saying is there needs to be harsh consequences okay, for okay. this. You have to. So set you want the you want the hammer dropped down on everybody, yeah. right? Okay, okay. I I can get with you on that. I'm seeing a little more eye to eye with you now. 
I, I just... And to be honest with you, you know who I do think is... He's not totally innocent, but Connor. Connor doesn't deserve to be punished for this. I don't care if he threw the first punch at that guy or not. He was in a cage where he was supposed to be. But you said the dolly through the window was the worst. That's different, but that's... that's. The, I mean, I get what you're saying. It was not in the arena. It wasn't with a group of people. Riots could have started. Not a lot not, of, not, lot you're of not chaos. seeing the big picture here. I am seeing the, the big picture. The Athletic Commission oversees I, uh, Sean, and I, regulates I just the event. saying. It wasn't with the Athletic Commission involved. Exactly. It was outside in a he got parking lot. dealt with judicially. I get it. Like, he got dealt with by the law. But did he? Doesn't matter what happened. <laughs> but did he? Doesn't matter what happened. Okay. You can say did he all, all, all you want, but there's different rules. and reg- They did this in the act of a fight where they're regulated to compete. Well, let's move on from this topic. Let's stick right there with Connor. How about Connor taking this loss? I mean, he takes it better than anybody on the chin, right? Huh. Absolutely. See how much he's probably going to make? This proper 12 whiskey, I'll tell you what. This, this has been the biggest thing since sliced bread lately. It's all I hear about. It's all I see. When I see my first bottle, I mean, we live in Maryland. I don't know if it's in the liquor stores yet. But the first time I see a proper 12 bottle, I'm going to stop wherever I'm at. And purchase that bottle immediately. I'm buying it because I want to try it. I just have not ordered one yet. Now, he has taken it to the sidelines of the Dallas Cowboys football game. He's down there on the sidelines chumming it up with Jerry Jones. One of the most polarizing sports figures in North America. What do you make of this? I mean, is Conor McGregor just a genius or... He's a celebrity. That's what he is. You want to know what else? The um, the person that's in charge of all the celebrities that go down there on the sidelines, you know she came out and said that Connor, she has never seen a reaction like that before for anybody else. Connor mm-hmm. McGregor was the biggest one yeah. she's ever had. Like it was hard dealing with just because he was so high demand. Look, this thing did 2.4 million buys. Some of the bad blood, but Connor is still... Far and away, the biggest star in MMA there is today and ever has been. And you can you can see it just by, he made, I mean, more people were talking about him appearing on the sidelines and all that than the actual game. Yeah. So, you know, he's the biggest star. And he still, he was also at like Amigos concert, like... He, he just made a bunch of money. Even in defeat, he's like, he's just living life, man. So making of everything that's going on, while we're thinking of Khabib and Connor, okay, there's reports. We don't know how true everything is. Like I said, Connor and Khabib have constantly been in the news since their fight. I mean, this is two weeks later, and it's still all you see, all you hear about, and all you read about as far as combat sports is concerned, Okay. Now, Khabib's uncle came out with an interview today, fresh today. We both read it. We don't know how much of it is true, how much of it is not, whatever. But we're hearing Khabib has about one fight left in him, maybe two. And they're saying he has foregone an offer for $15 million to rematch McGregor, and he wants Tony Ferguson next. Now... What is the right thing to do next with Khabib and Connor? Should Khabib and Connor be fighting each other in the rematch, or should they both get two completely different opponents? I want to hear your take on it. Me, personally, I'd rather see them get two different opponents. I want to see, finally, Tony and Khabib. And I'd love to see Connor versus... Probably Connor and Nate. I mean, there's not many fights that Connor's going to fight either. But I'd like to see them get two different opponents. And then if they both win those respective fights, the rematch, I think, would even be bigger than it is trending right now. But I also understand the fact the MMA gods are just cruel to every party involved in this sport. And if you don't get the rematch, which is going to be, if the first one did 2.4, now, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, the rematch will do at least 3 million buys. You might not ever get that back again. Mm -hmm. So I can understand that you want the automatic rematch because... This is lightning in a bottle. It's still on the tip of everybody's tongue, still in everybody's minds. Everybody's talking about it. I mean, you got 50 Cent trying to recruit Khabib to Bellator, which can't happen, by the way. But, you know, everybody's trying to get a piece of that pie. But I see from both parties. Me personally, as a fan of this sport, I want to see Khabib versus Tony. 
But I also understand this sport, the business, the business side. And you're not going to do any bigger than Connor could be too. The business move would be this to book the automatic rematch because you, yeah. you you said it, you hit it right on the head, lightning in a bottle. It's there's, got Connor motivated. Bigger, like I mean, we're talking. They're giving because of the, after the melee that happened afterwards. Like we're forgetting that Connor got essentially dominated and submitted, and within four rounds, and everybody's now saying like his head coach is coming out. We need like a Rocky Three style training camp. Like the excuses are coming out. He had two years away from the sport. Everybody's already making excuses for Connor to set up the rematch. Mm-hmm. Like things are going to be different. Yep. You mean the media blackout until the first press conference wasn't a Rocky style training camp? What were we doing? Um, but, but. Put that to the side because I don't see the rematch being very different. I don't. I don't care what they say. No, not the outcome. I don't see it being very different. But I understand from the business side if they book that matchup. If that's the fight they want to do next, I get it. The rematch is there. It's what everybody wants to see. Especially maybe not as much to MMA hardcores, but the casuals. Like this was a fight I'm hearing on ESPN every morning. You know what I mean? Every type of news station was talking about it. Outlets I've never seen talk about fights before. Yeah. Actually understanding Khabib's game. Talking about his wrestling and understanding and getting it. And not only that, liking it and embracing it. So I get that point of view. But as you said, I am an MMA hardcore fan. And my number one fighter, my favorite fighter right now to watch, has been for a long time, is Tony Ferguson. And I think you have to try to put together that Tony and Khabib fight. Also, with the whole Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier situation, now that Nate Diaz has been pulled from his fight... With Dustin Poirier, you know, Dustin Poirier went out with the hip injury. Diaz isn't fighting anybody and being pulled from the card now. I think right now is the time to kind of strike it while it's hot. Let's do Diaz-Connor 3. Could. I mean, I think that's the fight. If it's not going to be Khabib, who else is it? I think Diaz-Connor 3 makes the most sense. They know they got a certain number there. It won't break what Connor and Khabib just did, but they know they'll— It'll be significant. That's why I'm interested to see. UFC could spread the love a little bit. They Uh really want their business model to work because you could see what Khabib's drawing power could be against Tony. But then you also got—you know you got to— But at the same time, I could see it the other way. You know, even if McGregor was to lose to Khabib a second time— you still have Nate and Connor three. Mm-hmm. Like that is always gonna be there. Like that is just a fight that will always be there and generate money. Like people will still get behind that no matter what. I, I also am in the believing that I think Khabib we were hearing rumblings from Josh Thompson, one of his main training partners, yeah. that he was gonna be done after this Connor. That's fight. why when he says he'll quit UFC, I don't wanna get this Bellator talk because now that you got fifty cent and Khabib's manager going at it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's not true. And even Scott no, Coker dismissed no, no, no. it. And even his manager says Khabib's a UFC fighter. He is under contract. Yeah, he's, he's not, not going, not going elsewhere. But um I think uh, Connor and Nate will always be there, but Tony and Khabib, this might be the only time you could ever do it, but how much interest is there? And, and UFC could make spread the love a little bit and you know see what they can do. And But they're, you always play the gamble, but UFC's done that in the past. You're always gambling. Is there something in your mind that thinks Connor and Khabib needs a little bit of a break? I mean, I kind of like the fact that Artem's not fighting the guy that was pulled mm-hmm. to, to Kaigarov, however you say it. Um, because I feel like there is a lot of bad blood there. Let's let's keep them camps away from each other right now, especially only being three weeks later. Let's let's just keep every association and tie. That's another reason that fight should be pulled alone. Like let's let's do something different. Yeah, bring in Michael Johnson to fight Artem. Good move there. Solid co main event too for a fight night. Do that. But I, I just I I kinda wanna see a little bit of separation from all this bad blood. All this craziness and like to see Khabib fight somebody like Tony because Tony's not going to bring the craziness out. He might have a couple one-liners for selling purposes, like you know them, but but nothing serious. You know, it's just I, I kind of want the the purity of the sport to kind of take over. Well, that like I was going to say before, it wouldn't surprise me if Khabib retired. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Like I actually thought he might have retired after that fight. Yeah. Because money, I don't, I really, like, when he says money doesn't matter that much. I well, really, he just made a boatload of money, too. Yeah, I don't believe money is a, he's not, he's he's the opposite of Connor, man. That's why these two are, like, so great mm-hmm. together. He's the, op, everything op, opposite of Connor. He's not about, you know, 
that rich lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. So I think he likes money, but not he doesn't. Do you think he, he was really already offered a rematch with Connor, or do you think that's Bullock's? Because I'm finding it hard to believe before they even been sanctioned, or or their their judgment has not came out by the Nevada State Athletic Commission yet. I don't believe it's that far out the realm, because Connor already called them for a rematch, and they're gonna they're gonna do what they can. Look, this is what I'm saying. They might have to do the rematch right away, and that's another point to it, not just the business side. But how many more fights are you gonna get Connor to fight? Mm-hmm. You know how many? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot out there. I think Diaz is one that he's looking at. Connor going to do before said he it before the Khabib fight. He said if Khabib would have dropped out a month before the fight, he said Pettis or Ferguson that was in the wouldn't have really done it for him. He probably would have just went away. He said that. But then as the closer the fight goes on, I think Connor is also understanding of his fans, and he's not going to let his fans down. He said he would accept the fight, but it, it doesn't interest him. You have to. It's not just Khabib here. And at the end of the day, Connor's still the biggest draw. You got to cater to him, too. Well, timing wise, I'm personally 100% on board if you match up resumes. The reason I like Connor versus Nate right now, and the reason I like Tony versus Khabib right now, is because of resumes. Go on Wikipedia or go on SureDog and pull up Tony Ferguson's record. And could be yeah, right they're both eleven and, and put them right next yeah, to each other. They're both on eleven fight win streak. It's amazing. Here's another option that I don't think people are thinking about, and this is just me. And I could see this scenario playing out as well. I'm not, I'm not so sure. Khabib's only going to get four to six months. He could, but I'm not so sure. But he could get a year. I could foresee Tony and Connor fighting for a number one contender fight. Could, but I mean, we'll we'll, we'll play that game once it comes out. Mm-hmm. Because we'll, we'll see then. But my other reason between Connor and Nate is I like that matchup right now just because of the inactivity. <clears throat> I mean, Connor did just fight and get back in there. But even before that, he has been out for a while. Let's get some activity going. And I like the fact that going up against Nate, it's another guy that took a long pause from the game. So it's, I don't know. I just think they match up right now. I'd like to see it. And I'd like to see it in Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, I saw that. Well, we'll see. Not a bad thing. Well, let's talk about what we watched this weekend. I know you said you watched some of the Bellator. I watched both Bellator events back-to-back, and I watched the playoffs for the PFL. Can't keep up with that. I did. It was a lot of cage fighting. Well, actually, the, the, the Saturday night with PFL and Bellator, the Fedor, I was able to record Bellator, and I was watching them both simultaneously. All I would do is I had them both on my DVR, I would. They went on at the same time, so I would watch a fight from PFL, and then switch over to Bellator, watch that fight, then go back and watch the PFL. Like I was watching them simultaneously, if that makes sense. I didn't have the double TV. Oh, I see. At first, you lost me. I'm like, what are you I know doing? it sounds a little confusing, but what because I have DVR and I was recording both of them, yeah. I was able to pause it and just fast forward to the fights. No fluff. Yeah. Just like when Bellator, because Bellator has long pauses between their fights sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, it's I was no able to watch in UFC. I mean. Today, today in age, it's all about filling and uh, uh, plenty enough content to max out, you know, the TV. And TV, mm-hmm. I feel like, because like, I've noticed sports games have gotten longer. Like, mm-hmm. it's just it's just the way they're doing it. I was able to cut out a lot of the fluff and just watch back-to-back-to-back-to-back fights. And I was highly entertained. Uh, a lot of good fights between Friday and Saturday. First, let's talk about our dislikes. Let's start with Bellator. Now, before I even get into it, what was your biggest problem with Bellator this weekend? It was confusing. They had back-to-back nights. Like, this is a tournament, so you have a one tournament fight on Friday and another tournament fight on Saturday. It's too confusing. Just have both fights. If it's a tournament, you could have done it both in the same night and promote the tournament more. You know what else was very confusing? Talking to a lot of people I knew, they thought it was like on DAZN and not Paramount. When yeah. realistically, it was on both. That's going to be growing pains for at first. I don't think... Which Bell- made no sense to me. Yeah, but I think Bellator needs to... I, they still get a lot more viewers on Paramount than they will the zone, but they need to figure out how to separate themselves from Paramount and get that audience to translate to the zone. Well, you got to remember, they only have a certain amount of fights for the yeah. zone. Like, it's going to be a tricky process. I don't really exclusive. totally blame them because this is so new. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a transition process, and it's going to be tough because 
Paramount is essentially not the station it was. It's not Spike. So the people that are watching the shows before or after Bellator aren't Case A lot of fans. people really didn't know. I'm waiting for the ratings to come out, too. Because a lot of people genuinely did not know that Bellator was back-to-back. Even look at, they did a press conference for the Fedor vs. Chael card, but didn't do one for Bader vs. Mitrione. I really felt like Bader vs. Mitrione was the red-headed, ugly stepchild throughout this whole thing. Yeah, they should have had, um... They should have had it both on the same night. That's what didn't make sense to me. Why have it? Yeah. I mean, I guess they were going for two gates or whatever, but it just didn't make sense. Well, they're like, doing it again with Hawaii later yeah. in December. They're doing the fight that I think is the money fight, at least as far as anything that's going to attract any type of attention, the Chandler versus Brent Primus rematch. Yeah. That's going to be on the night before on Paramount. And then the night after, they're going to the zone for the Lima Lay McFarlane and Lyoto Machida fights. And then there's Ed Ruth and Nyman Grace. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I think Alima could possibly be a star for Bellator. But I know you're right. Like, Michael Michael Chandler's one of their it's only their names. guy, that... and he's getting paid a lot of money. He got, he got signed two millions for his deal to stay with Bellator. Yeah. They paid him. And if I remember it correctly, I think I saw something um, for Bellator's ratings. I could be wrong, but I don't think it was but, a smash. My my biggest problem and concern for Bellator is is like why are we doing back to back night of fights? If you want to split it up into two different weekends, I get it. But why are we doing back to back? I mean, I was watching a Scott Coker interview where he said his staff was just literally like yelling at him and hated him because of how much work he was putting on them because they're not a big staff. And it's it's like it just doesn't make sense to me. Why don't you just make one big event? I thought Bader and Mitrione and Fedor versus Chael would have been great. On a card together. And you could have had a main card consistent of Ben Henderson and Roy Nelson. And then you could have had some other people that was the zone exclusive. How do you think the UFC is so smart when they put together their cards? They sell to three different TV outlets or three different platforms. It's brilliant move. You have a fight just put on Fight Pass just to generate interest. Like, oh, I don't want to miss that one. And then you have, of course, the main event for the FS1. And then whatever platform they're going on after that for the for the meat and potatoes. For, you know, the um the, the, the pay-per-view or Fox or FS1, whatever they're translating over to. You know, why why isn't Bellator doing that? You could have easily maybe even put one of your tournament finales this weekend. You know, maybe the Bader and Mitrione fight on the Zoom exclusive. And then, you know, of course the Fedor and Chael later. I thought Fedor versus Chael was a bigger fight than like the uh, no, sorry, but it was. More people were going to watch that than McDonald versus Musasi. Mm-hmm. They're bigger names. And I thought that would have been the perfect time to roll out the zone. But I don't know. I still think the zone is going to be a big market for them. My theory is it's they're going to try to get U.S. audience, but I believe Bellator is going all in on European MMA. Yes. With, yes. Especially with the zone because it's headed by um, ballroom boxing, which is – big in the UK so I think that's they just signed another fantastic talent I gotta give a shout out to Bellator Fabian Edwards Leon Edwards brother 5-0 I think he's fought for Bellator before and that just tells me they're they're paying more money for guys like that because they want that European market that is a legit fantastic talent they're bringing on board I'm very excited to watch him fight Bellator is doing some good things but I just it's just like this back to back thing like leaves me scratching my head like why don't we just do one big event I don't get it. It's like it's almost like Scott Cooker goes a little bit and, off the boxing model you, too. I'm not even crazy when UFC does it when they do it for like International Fight Week every year. I'm not a fan of it either. Yeah, I'm I mean, at least it's the Ultimate Fighter finale usually that leads into the big pay per view where I'm yeah. like, all right, if there's any card that's going to be the night before, at least it's the Fighter finale because it yeah. usually tends to be their lower of the lowest cards. And I get it; it's bigger for like people that are there for that weekend. So mm-hmm. I get it, but like it's just to me like, it's and at least lot. it's only for one weekend. Yeah, I mean, this is this is like consume. their this is their thing every year. This is their WrestleMania, Super Bowl, all that good stuff. They try to do it at International Fight Week, but for Bellator to be doing it, it just doesn't make any sense. It's almost like they're trying to do the boxing formula where it's just main event driven, and everything underneath it's just there. It's not what got MMA popular, but I, I think I, I think of Scott Coker as more of a boxing promoter. Well, he did used to do kickboxing, but I've mm-hmm. always thought of that that way about him. He actually has showcase fights, and you know I've never seen him put on a showcase fight yet where the fighter wasn't expected to win hasn't won. 
He has showcase fights. Mm-hmm. All right, enough of our gripes about Bellator. Bellator, please fix this problem. I didn't like. I don't like the back-to-back nights. But what fight stuck out most to you over the weekend from Bellator? If you had to pick the one fight, like who impressed you the most? Well, the fight that I stuck out for, and the only fight I really cared to see, was Fedor Rochelle. Was it a great fight? No, but it was still. It was weird because I I, I feel like my views on tournaments are still the same. Nobody cares about this Grand Prix. I still believe that. I haven't heard anybody... I haven't heard... We'll see, but there's already been a round of the welterweight Grand Prix. Like, I don't think tournaments are that big of a deal like people think they are. Well, we'll get into PFL in a minute because that's all, that's all that is is a tournament. Yeah, I just believe... I, and, and, and I'll but still, you think the Fedor... Shalfo, yeah. Because, I mean, I didn't. I never thought Shell stood a chance anyway. But, in a way, Bellator got what they wanted. They got Fedor. So, what's your opinion of Bader versus Fedor? Bader versus Fedor? I think Bader's going Bader's to gonna smash him, but I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Fedor could have a style that nullifies Bader's. He's fast. He's got fast hands, but... He's got fast hands right now. My opinion about Bader versus Fedor, I mean, we're feeding Fedor a sacrificial lamb to a lion. Bader, I mean, even think about who they fought in this Grand Prix. Think about the two people Bader fought. King Mel and Matt Mitrione. Yeah. Fedor, two, two younger guys who can still do the damn thing. Fedor, we're talking Frank Mir and Chow Sonnen. Well, by the looks of it, those brackets were definitely set up to Yeah, wear. oh yeah, yeah, yeah it was. And Ryan Bader's quick, strong, and fast, and he's not even smaller than Fedor. Fedor is going to get hurt in that fight, in my opinion. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, because if Fedor somehow beats Bader like in a knockout or something, biggest moment, one of the biggest moments ever in MMA, I think. I mean, that's a legit win. Yeah. But let's let's get back to reality here. That's not going to happen. Uh, Fedor looked fast, like you were just alluding to, because he was fighting Frank Mir and Chael Sonnen. But he's going to get in there with that killer Ryan Bader right now. I mean, Ryan Bader is going to be Bellator's first champ champ, in my opinion. And he, every bit, should be competing against the likes of Daniel Cormier. He should be getting a rematch with John Jones. He should be fighting Alexander Gustafsson. I mean, and I also, on the record, I will say, Bader's a legit heavyweight. He's a huge light heavyweight. And look how big he is at heavyweight. He manhandled Matt Mitrione. Matt Mitrione was a true heavyweight. That's the same guy that beat Derek Lewis. I think a lot of these light heavyweights are making the heavyweights look bad. It's like they think they're cutting all the weight and going to 205. It's everywhere. You know, it's everywhere. Everywhere across the board in, in mixed martial arts. People are gaining weight and still fighting just as good. It, it is what it is. Um, I was mostly impressed with, I know this is going to sound a little weird, but I liked Mandel Nalo. The first fight of the first night, I liked this kid, everything I heard about him. He was undefeated, hasn't got out of second round. Uh, he's now 7-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's legit. The guy he fought was Carrington Banks. He was 7-1, and one. Um, now 7-2. and two. I thought that was a very legit win. I'm hearing a lot of buzz about this kid, but you know how I am about young talent. This kid looks great. I really like him. I'm excited for him in the future, especially with the crop of young talent they have coming up. That was, for me, the person I was most impressed with. Uh, of course, I was impressed, more impressed with Ryan Bader. Um, he just, I know a lot of people thought that was a boring fight, but whatever, man. He went up to the heavyweight division and manhandled a heavyweight and made it look easy. He took their number one heavyweight and did it decisively. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a fight. It was, it was no competition to him. Bader still hasn't even been punched in the face during this whole tournament. To me, also, what these light heavyweights are showing, man, when are we, I, I just haven't seen any real, true, great heavyweights lately is what I feel. Well, the thing is, even in the Bellator Grand Prix, uh, the heavyweight, there's two other heavyweights that didn't get the nod into that tournament who looked impressive over the weekend. Sergey Karatanov who's more legit in that tournament than the other light heavyweights or middleweight in Chael Sonnen. And then, of course, there's Czech Congo, who's now riding, what, a seven-fight win streak and has now finished his last three opponents? The Sergi Karatanov I can see because he hasn't fought. Well, he's fought, but, like, he I'm got not going to sit here and yeah. say he's better than a Chael Sonnen or a uh, Ryan Bitt. No, or a King Mo. But Czech Congo, yeah, I got questions. Why wasn't he in the tournament? But... That's he's not that's just why, beating me. He's finishing yeah, people but now. But that's why, 
that's why and here's the big reason people aren't looking at this thing as a tournament also it doesn't look like a tournament no it never did never did remember there, there is a belt on the line for this but what about i'll tell you what we talked the whole first like 40 minutes of this podcast about the whole khabib and connor thing mm -hmm. and how distasteful everything that happened was what about benson henderson calling him out and saying hey we all need to act like professional athletes and set representations for our kids and for him saying that being booed out of the building it's because he came off as a weirdo you think that's why yeah because it came out of nowhere First of all, you're not even in the UFC saying it. You're in Bellator. Yeah, but like, he's calling out every fighter that we have to act professional. I don't think yeah. he did anything wrong there. Doesn't matter. Mm. It just came off weird. I saw yeah. it. It came off weird. I didn't know what he was talking about at first. Okay. It just came off weird. That's it. And it, 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 it sucks because so many people will sit there and run their mouth like, oh, this sport needs to be more... That's not what draws. Not yeah, what it always goes to my theory. People like the bad guys in this country. Yeah. That's the way it is. We like the villains. We like the villains more than the superheroes. Yeah. That's a fact. That's what I took from it. Um, just goes with my theory. But whatever. But I watched the PFL. You obviously did not. No, that thing Professional Fighters League. months ago. It is a little confusing, and there's a couple things that keeps it confusing. But I got to say, their show wasn't bad. It was pretty good. I'm not, I'm not knocking I like the, the fights. fights or anything, but um, I don't care. That tournament structure is dumb. That tournament structure set up two fights that I'm looking forward to, as in we got the finalists of Vinnie Magalesh versus Sean O'Connell for light heavyweight and Nathan Schalt versus Rashid Magomedov for lightweight. And these guys are going to get a million dollars if they get a victory in their next fight. And I believe the runner-up gets at least a quarter of a million dollars. It's a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money to throw around. But, first of all, Nathan Schultz did not, he did not win that fight against Chris Wade. Chris Wade won that fight. Chris Wade was robbed. I think maybe because we know what's on the line here for a million dollars, where it just made it seem a little worse. Because you know he just got robbed of not even just a million dollars, but at least a quarter of a million dollars because a judge's bad decision. Ouch. I mean, that... that I just can't blame PFL for that. Stings. No, that's is. not PFL's fault. No. That's, that's nobody's fault. But I just remember that that's one of the biggest takeaways I had for it. My other biggest takeaway was Vinny Magalesh is probably going to win the easiest million dollars in his life. This guy's going out there and smitten everybody in under two minutes, not even getting hit once. And he might do the same against Sean O'Connell, even though I do love Sean O'Connell's story right now. Came in, he's, he's like the underdog against everybody's fault and knocked everybody out so far after taking some hits. Rashid Magomedov, he was a guy that was, you know, that fought out his contract in the UFC and left. He looks amazing. His record's still like 15-1, and one, something like that. So I feel like he's going to win. But the things I hated was one guy got by... Because he won his fight earlier against Tiago Tavares. And then the guy that won the fight got an illness all of a sudden and couldn't fight. So Tavares got to move on to the next round as a lucky loser. That's what he was called. That's where it comes down to that weird point system, right? He was the lucky loser. And then I didn't like, in the beginning of the night, um, the semifinals. Not the semifinals. I guess the quarterfinals. They were only two rounds. The fights were. There was two instances where I was like, man, this thing had to have gone to a third. But because it was two-round fights, I thought Will Brooks and Robert Watley was seriously, seriously robbed. Just because they, you don't get that extra round. I think any Why professional... Why are they two rounds? Were they judges? Because they're, they're belts, fighting or? a three-round fight later that night. This is one of those things where these guys were fighting twice in the same night. That's dumb. Yeah. So, two-round fights. I mean, Robert Watley was starting to put it on Chris Wade in the second round by the end of it and there was no doubt in my mind Robert Watley was going to come out because it seemed like he was taking over the fight and the third round was needed Will Brooks was looking fantastic also but in the third round it would have really told the story of that fight I mean with two rounds you get so many draws yeah see I, I got a rant for a second here I never understood the PFL tournament you know, mm -hmm. the point system. Like, I saw guys that would win against tougher competition, but the other guy got more points because he scored a knockout. Like, the point system makes sense. It, it's just, it's just, let's get organization. Stop with the tournaments, man. 
I'm sorry. I still think only one guy did it right, and that was Bourne Redney. Back in the early Bellator days, I thought those tournaments worked. All this other stuff. We're talking about Fedor versus Shell and this and that. We People don't even know it's a tournament. I mean, maybe some people do, but most people don't even know this is a tournament. Tournaments, I, I keep saying it. They sound cool on paper, but the execution is just too hard to pull them off. Bellator doesn't need these Grand Prix and these, and I, I'll see if I'm proved wrong with this welterweight Grand Prix. But is that really going to bring viewers to Dawson? Because you say I, we have a welterweight Grand Prix, you make good fights, people want to pay attention. Simple as that. These tournaments, and now you got this weird like PFL sounds like they're in the biggest mess of them all. Well, you didn't watch it though. I I, I tell you what, I was entertained by the card on Saturday. Night. I don't care about the actual fights. You, it could have been just as entertaining, but you're talking about guys getting robbed yeah, for yeah. money. I, that is that is. If how they I had felt. set out purses that they make, then we wouldn't be talking about this. Yeah, that that was the biggest grief I had. It's like, first of all, any professional mixed martial arts for, should be at least three rounds. I, I don't care. It's three rounds. That's how you decide a true mixed martial arts contest. And why are they fighting on this two, twice in one night? That doesn't make sense. I don't like either. that either. I mean, it wasn't bad as far as the story watching it live. It was a kind of brought some nostalgia back but i would prefer them to get a whole different camp and come back at a later date people i don't i don't think people actually want to see us go back to the old days we're 25 years in this sport like let's just we'll see what this ends up because we did get two finales set but the one guy beat tiago Tavares, who already lost once that night tiago Tavares essentially lost twice in the same night it's just i don't know i don't know it was it was entertaining. It's the one thing I can say is it was a pretty good show. I am interested in their finale. I am. I'm going to watch their finals. I am interested in two fights they booked so far. I'm looking forward to it. Let's see what happens. But I do hate two round fights and the lucky loser thing. I hated that. There was no alternate set. I, there's a couple things where I have my I have questions. PFL, but this is brand new. Maybe they can fix them. We will find out. UFC 230. I actually have tickets to this event. I am going to be there live. Uh, got tickets on the day. Was surprised with tickets, actually. On the day, they were announcing Shevchenko versus Sajara Eubanks is the main event. Well, since then, we have taken a completely different turn. Now we are looking at Derek Lewis versus Daniel... I mean, yeah, Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title in the main event. Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier since then has been canceled. How do we feel about UFC 230 right now, Sean? I still like it. <laughs> you still like it? It's still better than most cars that they put on this year. I don't get it. You got three great middleweight fights on that fight, that fight card. And you got a main event with two guys that, if there was ever a fight to be booked with only three weeks' notice, this is it. Two heavyweights that you know probably aren't going to go the distance. If they do, that could be a different story, but... I don't think it will. You got the one punch of Lewis, and you got Daniel Cormier. He's going to try to take him to the ground, either pound him out or submit him. Who has a one punch himself because he knocked out Stipe. I mean, yeah, hits pretty so, hard himself, right? I, I, that's the perfect fight. And, you know, I, I still think it's a really great card. And actually, be be honest with you, I think it's trending better now with Lewis and DC as the main event. What is your feelings on Sajara Eubanks being pulled from the main event, essentially getting a title shot and then switching it back to the Joanna versus Shevchenko at UFC 231. As a fan, I could care less that that happened to her. I tell you what, with tickets but going like, to this event, I'm, I'm, I am, uh, you know, as a fan, I wanted to see Shevchenko versus uh, Joanna more. I didn't want to see Eubanks versus, Shevchen versus Shevchenko. I had no desire to really see that. I thought it was a foregone conclusion, and I could be wrong, but I doubted that Shevchenko was just going to win and mop the floor with her. But I do see where Eubanks is coming from. I do feel for the girl. Like, they asked her to step up. It wasn't her fault that she said yes, and then all this fan backlash and all this stuff like that. Like, that's not her fault. It's just they asked a lot of other people, including somebody whose fight's not on there anymore, but they all said no. And she actually said yes, and then she gets the fan backlash. That's not fair to her. It's not even it, technically. It's not even fair. They they offered her a main event. She's not even main event anymore. But they kind of made right. You know, she's now still on the card. Look, she got fan backlash, and I don't even think it's as much as they hated her. But me as a fan, as I am getting going to the event, thank you UFC for correcting this wrong, because <clears throat> there isn't one person 
that had interest in Sajara Eubanks versus Valentina Shevchenko. No. And that's just fact. It sounds like they real, they wanted um, Joanna versus Shevchenko, but Joanna said no. I mean, I'm happy the UFC listened to us and took this fight off. Look, I, I know the media is now trying to play the, the, the other side of the, the story here and be like, oh, well, what about Sajara Eubanks? Like, we should feel bad for her. She didn't feel bad for Joanna losing her fight at UFC 231. To take the title? No, it's not. It's not even just that because they, they did cover that as well. But what was worse was they mocked this fight so bad. Yes. And now they want to take her pity story, but yes, they're, they're part of it. the. Pro- they were the ones that were like, "Oh my god, really? This is seriously." I remember it ruined my day because yeah. I just got tickets to this event. Surprise! I didn't buy them, but they were gifted to me, and it ruined my day. Like, oh no, I'm going to my second UFC event ever, and this is the main event. Wow. I wasn't very happy, but I was okay with it because I was like, okay, well, Nate Diaz versus Dustin Poirier is still the co-main event. Maybe I'm just overreacting. And then they do the curveball. They announce Derek Lewis versus Daniel Cormier. And then we find out what's really going on is Dustin Poirier versus Nate Diaz was canceled. So Dustin Poirier was the one that ultimately pulled out with a hip injury. But he said it was hard getting to that dance anyway. I heard rumors. Well, Dustin Poirier actually released information that they were offered a five-round main event. Nate turned it down. They were offered to stay in the co-main event, but Nate kept trying to change the weights. He tried getting the weight higher for everything. He, he, he pretty much, I guess, negotiated himself out of this fight. Um, when it marinates, there's two ways I can look at it, but I want to hear your take on it first. How do you feel about the Poirier Nate Diaz situation, and should have they found Diaz another fight, or do you think they're making the right move here? I don't think they could have found him another fight. I think it was too hard to make this fight happen. I don't understand how they're so, like. I get it; these guys are fun to watch once they're in the octagon. I, I just it stuns me that the Diaz brothers has as much fans as they have. It's crazy. It's crazy to it's me. It's crazy because I guess people like guys that never fight. Like it, it it's crazy to me like i knew it i knew it me and you would argue and i i kept telling you i was like the reason they're not the main event is because diaz won't go to the main event i kept i knew it and that's what happened he wouldn't go to the main event he was trying to do everything he could to talk himself out of that fight he said it weeks ago he didn't want to be there so i don't know i guess he might still have fans i don't know i think diaz knows his worth right now and he wants nothing less than what he thinks his worth is. I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think he's willing to fight. It's just he's not willing to do it unless he gets paid a certain amount. I also don't believe... We don't even know what he's making right now. But in my honest opinion, I also don't believe that he really wants to go back to 155. He used to cut... Look at his interview right before he fought Michael Johnson. See, you're one of them Diaz fans. You're going to defend him regardless. I'm not defending him here. Actually, I'm I'm kind of upset and sick to my stomach the fact that he's not fighting anybody on the card. I really think that they would have offered him even a fight at 170 just to stay on the card at 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 co-main event. But Diaz is asking for way too much money for what he's going to get to fight. But this is also a guy that's almost what now 3 years out of the fight game. Yeah, if everybody thought Connor's layoff was bad, it was Nick Diaz is now how long out of the fight game? Nick? Yeah. Five? As the biggest Diaz brother fan, they are the guys that got me essentially into the sport. I have officially moved on. They used to be, hey, if they ever sign the fight, you'll definitely see them show up. Because that was fact. They always showed up. Never pulled out of a fight, never did nothing. Now, they're getting signed the fights, and they're not fighting. They're not going to be on the card. They're on the billing, and now they're not even showing up to that. I'm done. I'm just officially moved on. I'm not trying to disrespect them. I'm just saying as a fan, I am not getting my hopes up for a Diaz fight anymore. Until I see that octagon, octagon cage door close. Just officially done. But I don't think Nate wants to go to 155 again. Look at his interview right before he fought Michael Johnson. One of his famous interviews when he was talking, he was staring at the poster talking about how Cowboy and Rafael Dos Anjos made their name off of him and that's why they're in the main event, which essentially he was kind of right about, but look at him. He looked terrible. It is a big cut for him to get to 155. He is too big for that division. 
And I don't think he wants to do that weight cut unless he gets paid a certain amount of money. But as far as me... The only rebuttal I have to that is then why sign the contract for 155? That's where I'm at too. Sean, I'm with you. A lot of it's not adding up to me either. I'm done defending. I'm done. Like, I officially moved on. What I don't understand about Diaz either is, like, what 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 what, what makes it to say he's he's went to 170 before. And he mm-hmm. had some success, but it was obvious there were some people that were way too big for him. Mm-hmm. 165 is only a five-pound difference, man. What makes him think he'll have so much more success there? Where, 165? Unless he's fighting lightweights. 165? Yeah. It's just he doesn't have to cut to 155. Yeah, I think he still. would. If it was up to him, he's going to stay at 170. He was trying to get the Tyron Woodley fight. You know, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think it's any of that. I, I do think he's more than willing to go up for the. I think he just needs a certain amount of dollars after getting that Conor McGregor check. He's only going to fight for a certain amount of money. A la Khabib. Khabib saying he's not fighting for less than five million now. He's making new demands but since the Conor it. McGregor fight. Yeah, exactly. He's champion. Nate Diaz, if he holds and plays his cards right, he might eventually get it too. But here's the problem with Diaz. He'll never know his worth. He hasn't fought since Connor. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. But uh, Jones vs. Gus 2 is made official. How are we feeling about it? Kind of like knew this was coming, but it's finally official. UFC 232. It's a great fight. New Year's Eve card. The whole card's looking stacked. You know what's even better about the fight? They're both on about the same layoff. Yeah. Very excited about that one. Wanted to bring that up. But the last thing I'm going to bring up this week is Eddie Alvarez has officially signed with 1FC. How do you feel about that move for 1FC and for Eddie Alvarez? Good for Eddie Alvarez. He's going to make a lot of money. I don't... I mean, I don't know. 1FC, I've never really watched a show. No. Um, so you don't know what's up. There could be an interesting fight for him there, but I can tell you right now, if they book him versus Shinya Yoki 3, I could care less. Yeah, I, I could care less about that fight. There is like an Edward Fuliang, I would and Martin and Guy, and I would be interested in those fights. And I'm interested in seeing Eddie Alvarez actually go over and legitimately win another title in a major organization. Because like I always say, I've said it repeatedly, 1FC is the UFC in Asia. It is huge over there. It is dominating mm-hmm. the market in Asia. And I think it was a brilliant move for both parts, Eddie Alvarez, A, getting a fat paycheck and riding out the rest of his career and hopefully looking damn good doing it. And then for 1FC, who now had a guy in North from North America who for the, you know, he's not a big draw, but for the very hardcore fans of North America, we're going to tune in. But I feel like the, the same hardcore fans that watch Eddie Alvarez now already watch 1FC anyway. Not very much. Not like you would think. Eddie Alvarez puts the icing on the cake and a can't miss event for them. I think it's I, I think it's very good business from one FC to finally steal a North American star. Another thing I think a lot of people aren't talking about, I don't know if he's one hundred percent officially retired, but what if Eddie moved up and fought Ben Askren? That would be very interesting. Uh, I, big I business. Hey, I don't really have big I'm just throwing no. stuff out there. Nobody else is saying it. There's nobody else for him to fight. Why not? Why not in the crazy sport of any bit? Uh, the crazy sport of MMA. Anyway, Sean Newbar, you got anything else? Nope. All right. Thank you very much for coming to the ta- table, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, as always, Joe Newbauer at Joe Knows MMA. That is my co-host, Sean Newbauer at MMA underscore Insomniac. Catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Podcast Addict. And always, ladies and gentlemen, we love it when you come to the table. Peace. Peace. <laughs>